0: Good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. Let's stand up. This great song. Learned this a couple weeks ago. Just get after the things of God and seek after His heart. It's a great prayer. Jamie's going to lead us. Here we go. The
1: sun is rising Your mercy's on you. Already chasing me with relentless pursuit. You have my attention, you have my whole life. I don't want to miss you here, so open my eyes. I you like never before
0: Lord, um, that's a great way to uh, start the day uh, on a Sunday, uh, first day of the week, to uh, wake up and come to church and just say, God, we want to be after the things of you, uh, to put you first. And we know that, uh, as Matthew 6.33 says, when we do that, when we're after your heart and your ways, and we when we put you first, everything else just sort of works itself out in the wash. Uh, thank you for a reminder of a priority uh, perspective So we pray that uh, today's a day where you continue to give us uh, perspective in our priorities as we put you first. And uh, Lord, that we'll uh, be faithful to seek you out and worship you and thank you for all that you've done. You've certainly given so much. And I know we could sit here and make list after list, each one of us, about all that you've done and all that you've given. So we respond in a way where we just say thank you and we love you and we're after your heart. It's in your name we all pray as a church and say. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Hey, I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor. Glad you guys are here. And uh, before you have a seat, it looks like we're filling out, which is great. It's kind of a good problem to have every week. So we've been asking people to scoot in towards center, make a little bit of room, or even if you need to scoot out toward the end, have some room uh, for some folks to grab a seat. That'd be great. But while you do that, say hi to somebody. We'll see you back in a second. Thanks. Thanks for coming to church today, everybody. God is so honored by that. Uh, and we are, too, uh, those who call Hopevale home. And uh, i glad you're here. So, yeah, like I said, my name's Billy. I'm the worship pastor. Uh, I've been here for a little over two years and loving every minute of it. Loving every minute of it. Remember that tune? It's a good one. Hey, uh, so a lot going on here at Hopevale. Uh, we try to keep people pointed to the website, uh, hopevale.org. Tons of info uh, happening. We've got simulcasts coming. We've got Easter coming. We've got all things going on, all kinds of things going on in our uh, kids and students and adult lives, ministries and things. So make sure to keep an eye on HopeVale.org. And if you're a first-time guest with us, uh, we just want to kind of roll the red carpet out and say we're really glad you're here. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And uh, we have a first-time gift for you if you go out these doors and just towards center at the welcome area, at the welcome desk. Uh, they'll have a little something. Just tell them you're new and um, and uh, say, give me my gift, please. And they'll give you a gift. We have this little, uh, like, tumbler thing for coffee and water and things. It's a nice little deal. The little packet of information just kind of tells you a little bit more about us. So, um, And you can kind of dig in a little bit and see if Hopevale might be a home uh, for you, for a church. So glad you're here ushers if you would right now we're going to uh, collect the morning offering so why don't you come on down and uh, for those of us who call Hopevale home this is our time to uh, give and if you've already given online thank you so much for doing that and serving the Lord that way in your giving uh, if you're giving live and in person today thanks for doing that too and if you're new with us or if giving is sort of this like I don't really know what to do yet don't worry about it just let the pit plate pass you by but if you're inspired to give feel free to do that too um, you know our giving goes to so very much uh, here at Hope Vale, not just helps a uh, Sunday morning happen, but there are a lot of ministries that are supported uh, in Hope Vale and beyond Hope Vale, and uh, God is really using our church to be such a blessing to so many, so we're so grateful for that. So just know that your what you give to the Lord goes to really, really good work here at Hope Vale. Glad you're given. So, all right, let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on that. Heavenly Father, um, what a beautiful day uh, to wake up and come to church and tell you that we love you tell you that there's none above you and before the day slips away, just to kind of pause and um, get our heart right and uh, come and, and be before you and, and get into your scriptures and see what you have to say to us. So um, Lord, uh, thank you for Hope Vale Church and the way that you've been blessing all of us through Hope Vale and I pray the Lord that with what's given, um, people are blessed and the ministry of your kingdom's work here at Hope Vale and beyond is blessed uh, because of it. Um, so fun to be part of a church Uh, where people just love you and love each other. It really is that simple, God. Uh, Matthew 22, when you told us in your great commandment to keep it about those things. So um, thank you that um, in our giving we can love you and know that uh, we're loving each other in a way that um, supports so many ministries around here with what we do in our offerings. So, Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks. Well. I want to introduce some for uh, somebody to you. Uh, this is my friend, uh, Jamie Bohr over here. And uh, she's a, a guest worship leader with us today. Can you make her feel welcome at Hopevale, friends? <laughs> Jamie uh, is a worship leader at North Point Community Church down in DeWitt, Michigan, near Lansing, uh, over there, in the green and white land. So if you're a blue and yellow fan, we apologize. So she's from the green and white place. So... Uh, Uh, good game uh, yesterday when the women's basketball team, right? They just beat Central Michigan. And the men's too. Yeah, men's too. That's right. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, there's church. Hi. So um, Jamie and I, uh, we uh, have had uh, just a good friendship and her pastor, Rick, uh, sought me out, um, I don't know, six, seven months ago and asked me if I would do some mentoring with Jamie and their tech leader too. So I kind of do some consulting uh, work like that with some churches it's a lot of fun and and she's here like uh, leading today but kind of going through paces and learning what we do and how we do it and seeing what god might want to do over at north point with what she's doing too but she is a blessing if you were here for the first song what a voice what a great leader yeah so jamie good to have you
2: thank you so much thank you for letting me be here and uh and it is truly a blessing for me to be here to to worship alongside Billy and this amazing team that you guys have here, as well as with all of you. So as we continue, I wanted to share a verse with you this morning. Psalm 46, says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. We all go through things, times in our life where we are struggling, whether it's a loss or a financial situation or a job situation, whatever that may be. Sometimes it's really hard to say, it is well, God, even though we are struggling so hard. One of the hardest times in my life was about 11 years ago when I lost my mother and the peace that I found when I was finally able to say it is well was unbelievable so I hope this morning that whatever you're facing whatever you are struggling with that you can let that go and say it is well
0: I'm not Lord, it's a pleasure to sing to you today, to come to church and just get still for these moments. It's a pleasure to say, Lord, that, uh, that you are God. And Jesus, that uh, be reminded what you've done for us on the cross, Holy Spirit, the one that's our comforter and our friend, our convictor and the challenger of our, of our faith. So, Lord, this affection that we've poured out, this devotion that we've given. Help us to be in a place, Lord, in our lives where uh, it's just so easy to do that, especially when things get tough, to just call out to your name and say that we love you and say, Lord, would you continue to work? So, God, um, today's a good day to just hear again from your scriptures. Thank you for Sundays. Best Lord, your blessing on Pastor Ken, as he comes, that the words of his mouth will give you praise and we'll be careful to listen to see what you have to say to us, Lord. It's in your name we pray and say, amen. Thank the Lord. Have a seat, gang. Thanks.
3: Good morning, everyone. Uh, before we hear from Pastor Ken, I just have a brief announcement uh, to share with you. A few weeks back, uh, we were here and we introduced uh, to you that uh, we will be sending Pastor Dan on a sabbatical. Uh, and today, I just want to give you a little bit more detail on what that looks like uh, as we, have on the board, uh, have been in planning that. My name is Cass Ferris, and I am the chairman of the Elder Board here uh, at Hopevale. Um, We are are planning on sending Dan on a three month uh, sabbatical. Now, this is something that the board has been considering for a while, uh, several years actually, and we have an opportunity now to be able to do that. I want to give you a little bit uh, of some of the details with that. Um, April 28 um, will be a service here. We will have a baptismal service and we will be praying for uh, Pastor Dan and Kathy uh, as they prepare for this sabbatical. Um, the reasons we're sending them on a sabbatical is so he can be rejuvenated in his ministry and come back to us uh, after those three months and just lead us as he has. And we hope we'll, uh, and trust will continue to do so. So April 28th will be a baptismal service. We'll pray for them. Uh, the months of May, June, and July, uh, we will have a number of uh, guest speakers here, uh, some from outside, uh, and some, from our, uh, some of the services will be managed by our teaching team as we normally would do uh, during the summer months. Uh, Dan's journey uh, will take him uh, to the Washington, D.C., uh, Virginia area. Uh, I think they could probably use a little of him there anyway in part of this journey. Um, And from there, then, uh, he also will be spending time in North Carolina uh, and Colorado uh, and many places in between. Um, We've worked with him to develop this plan, uh, and we trust that God will use this time for him to step away from some of the ministries of, of Hopevale Uh, to just reconnect with our savior and to come back to us refreshed uh, and ready to lead us to where god would have us as a a body of believers uh, to go in the future Um, his date back uh, first date is august 4th uh, and we will certainly look forward to that date uh, and have him share what he had learned along the way So we wanted to make sure as in full transparency uh, from the board that we keep you all uh, up to date on what's happening with that. We are excited about what God will do with Dan uh, through this period. And we're also excited about what God will do here. Uh, So we do look forward to our our list of speakers that we have. And as we get closer, we'll share uh, who those are uh, on what dates, Uh, again, some from outside uh, that we're excited to bring in uh, to help us fill uh, that need. So with that, I just simply want to say thank you. Uh, we appreciate your support uh, as we walk through this. And um, now we look forward to what Pastor Ken has for us. Thank
4: you, Jeff. Thank you, Cass. Thank you, Cass. Uh, we so appreciate the leadership of Pastor Dan, Pastor Paul, and our elders, don't we? We really do. Praise God. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm, I'm Ken McGilvery. I'm the Associate Senior Pastor here at Hope Vale. And it's a joy to be with all of you this morning here in Saginaw and in Bay City as well by way of video. Uh, Pastor Dan and Pastor Pete with a whole group of Hope Failers are in Israel this morning. In fact, we couldn't help but notice we sang this song, uh, It Is Well, Waves and Wind Still Know His Name, Jesus' Name. And literally this morning, our group from Hope vale is along the Sea of Galilee. And they'll take a boat ride on the lake where Jesus walked and stilled the storm. It's amazing to think about. Uh, So pray for the group while they're there. We couldn't figure out video streaming from Israel, however. And so you have me this morning and uh, Pastor Sam will be here next Sunday to lead us in our teaching time, our series on 1 John. And then Pastor Dan will be back after that on April 7th to Finish our first John series. Wow. Wow. I mean we've we've had a number of weeks in First John. This has been a great series. I hope God has used it in your life. Well, Thursday was the first day of spring, and that is cause for celebration, isn't it? Yes, it is. That deserves some clapping. Uh and are you starting to think about some house projects? Yeah, some things around the house that we want to get done. And and have you noticed how we work hard on a project, whether you coordinate it with a contractor, whether you do it yourself, and man, you, you do a good job, and you're just, just excited about it. You wanna tell people about, wow, we did this project and it turned out well, and we got through a few bumps in the road with a contractor, you know, that may happen, and, uh, but wow, you're, you're excited about it. And even, even more so, you wanna show people, right? You wanna show people what happened. Hey, come and, come and look. Uh, we desire for someone to look at, to evaluate and appraise, to take joy in the work that we've accomplished. We, we desire that. I think it's just human. We would love to hear people say, very nice, great job, I, I love this. Well, we remodeled our basement a couple years ago. Uh, we did it after, after our kids All moved out and we were ready to do some revamping from the destruction that they had wrought over the years down there and uh, so we we did a lot of the work ourselves two different colored paints uh, new new flooring and my baby beveled tongue and groove cedar highlights oh I, I still get excited about it beveled tongue and groove it was it's awesome I could show you but uh, yeah, and, and friends are getting tired of me talking about that. So. But yeah, we, we want evaluation, appraisal. We want people to take joy in the things that we do. And that's why we do tell others. That's why we do want to show others. And in this letter of 1 John, the Apostle John points to a time that our work will be Evaluated. When the project called your life on this earth is finished, God will look over your work. He'll evaluate and appraise it and give you feedback. And if you know Christ, if you have the Holy Spirit living within you, you have every reason to have confidence for that day for God to take joy with you in what you have done in your life. To say good work. Nice job. I love this. Well done, my child, you good and faithful servant. And yet I talk with many believers who have fears about the end of their lives and God's evaluation of them. And I experience this fear myself. And why not? We've seen in 1 John that God is light and in him is no darkness at all That our God takes sin seriously, that he wants us to think about it correctly, to respond to it in a holy way. We battle with sin, don't we? Uh, with love for the world, with living for ourselves rather than for others. And living for today rather than for eternity, living for what is temporary and fades rather than for what lasts. And so we can fear that day, that day of evaluation. And we can wonder, how will it go for me on the day of judgment? What will God say to me on that day, and what happens then? Well, this is a real fear for many of us because of sins that we may struggle with, because of regrets that we may have about past failures, and perhaps because of things that we've been taught about the judgment seat of Christ or or the day of God's judgment. And we can try to deal with this fear by, by denying or avoiding or minimizing the day of judgment, but God's word is clear. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all, and every person on earth one day will stand before the one true God who lives in unapproachable light and will be evaluated, every one of us. The prophet Zephaniah represents the teaching of the Old Testament. He says, the great day of the Lord is near, near and coming quickly. The cry on the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty warrior shouts his battle cry. That day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Well, the Apostle Paul represents the teaching of the New Testament. He says in Romans chapter 2 that because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. Pastor Ken, Ken, I thought we were going to talk about spring and flowers and butterflies and home projects. Thanks a lot. Yeah. But this is an important topic. John said in his gospel, whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life. Look at this. For God's wrath remains on him. And Jesus himself said, John chapter 12, There is a judge for the one who rejects me, Jesus said, and does not accept my words. Next slide, guys. There you go, thank you. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. So Jesus himself refers to this last day, this time of evaluation. So the Bible is clear, isn't it? Old Testament, New Testament the prophets, the Apostle Paul, John the Apostle that we're looking at his letter, Jesus himself. So it won't do for us to deny or avoid or minimize the truth about the day of judgment. And hear this, it won't do for us as believers in Jesus to live in fear of that day either. So the Apostle John knows that Christians like us who take the message of Jesus seriously can wrestle with this fear, this fear of the day of judgment, of our evaluation before God. And he writes in 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. This, this passage is on page 44 of your 1 John journal, if you have your journals with you or also on the screens behind me. John writes this, this is how love is made complete in us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. There it is. God's love made complete in us so that we have what? Confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts or drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and the one who fears has not been made perfect in love. So confidence on the day of judgment, no fear, fear of punishment being driven out, wow. You see, John is is facing head on this fear that we can sometimes have about God's evaluation. He's not denying, he's not avoiding, he's not minimizing the reality of God's coming day of evaluation. But instead, he's showing us, as believers in Jesus, how to be confident before God on that day. And do you see it? It it centers around the words made complete in these verses. Made complete. Perfect. Or made perfect. These words all translate one word in the original. Just one word. And that's that's brought out. You can see that a little more clearly in a, a literal translation such as the English standard version, the ESV. So I want to show you that. Look at this. So by this, love is, here's our word, perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love but what? perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been, what? Perfected in love. Perfected in love. So John's answer to the question, how can you and I have confidence before God on the day of judgment is very simple. Be perfected in love. Be perfected in love. And that will drive out your fear of standing before God on that day. And so the natural question is, so what does he mean? What does that mean to be perfected in love? And so first we need to understand here what what John means by perfect. We tend to think of perfect as flawless, without error, no mistakes, right? like a perfect musical performance, or we talk about a perfect game in bowling. Any of you hope fail bowlers have a, a perfect game this past season? Yeah, I've heard of it happening. I've never done it, never done it. A perfect game in baseball. Yeah, so we think flawless. No errors, no mistakes allowed. But that's not what John has in mind. See, the word he uses here is a word that means to reach its goal. to to accomplish the purpose that it was intended for. That's what he means. That's the word. To reach its goal, to accomplish its purpose. So think about this. John is saying here, let love accomplish its purpose in you. Let love reach its goal in you. Listen. God is not saying here that we have to love him without any errors. He's not saying that we have to love others with no mistakes whatsoever. That's not what he's saying here. Otherwise, you're in trouble. You may not make it to heaven. You may lose your salvation. You may be out of the family of God. See, that's not not what John is saying here. And as we've gone through 1 John, I hope you've seen... how how John centers on the work of Jesus for us and that being complete, that being perfect, the perfect atoning sacrifice for our sins. So he's talking about love reaching its goal in us. So one more clarification. Which love then is John talking about? Is he talking about God's love for us reaching its goal in us? Or is he talking about our love for others reaching its goal in us? Yes. Yes, he is. He's talking about both. Have you noticed in this letter, sometimes it can be a little confusing. Have you noticed how John just weaves these two things together? God's love for us, our love for others. Have you noticed how he just weaves these things together? And he's doing that once again in this passage, in chapter 4. He's weaving it together. When God's love for us and our love for others are working out their goal in us, fear is driven out. We, We grow in confidence for the day of judgment. That's what John is saying. So let's look at this a little more closely. How can we be perfected in God's love for us? How can we do that? How can we be perfected in our love for others? How can we do that? And John answers those questions in these verses, in our passage for this week. So first he encourages us to rest in God's love for you. Rest in God's love for you. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 13. Look at this passage with me. This is how we know that we live in him, living God, and he in us, he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. You see that? I want you to notice what John repeats in these verses. 1 John 4, verses 13 to 16. look Look at what he repeats. Verse 13, he says... We live in him, in God, and he in us. In verse 15, he says about the same thing. God lives in them, those who acknowledge Jesus as the son of God, and they live in God. Then verse 16, whoever lives in love, what? Lives in God, and God in them. See, this is one of the ways in this letter That John talks about what it means to truly be a child of God, what it means to be a Christian as the Bible defines it. We are in Him and He is in us. That is, we are forever identified with God our Father through Jesus our Savior, and He is forever identified with us. In fact, He has given us his Holy Spirit to literally live within us. How does that work? I don't know. But the Bible says, teaches throughout, the Holy Spirit comes to live within those who put their trust in Christ. And the bottom line is, when you realize that you needed a Savior, that Jesus is that Savior, and you called out to him, to forgive your sins and be your Savior and Lord. When in, in, in the words of John here, verse 15, when you acknowledged Jesus as the Son of God and your Savior, God did supernatural work in your life. You see, becoming a child of God, becoming a Christian, is not just I go to church. It's not just I'm trying to be a better person and I'm asking God to help me. It is a transformation. It is a supernatural work of God. We don't do it. We receive it as a gift. So the New Testament says things like, he transferred you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. It's Colossians chapter 1. Ephesians 2 said, "He, he made you alive in Christ when you were once dead in your trespasses and sin. He broke the control of sin in your life, Romans 6. You died to sin. You've been crucified with Christ. He gave his spirit to live within you. John says that right here, doesn't he, in verse 13. And his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, God did a supernatural work in you. When you gave your life to Christ, when you trusted in him as your savior, God did that supernatural work in you. And so John can say in verse 16, and so we know, we rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. We rest in God's love for us. Rest in God's love for us for you. God sent his son. His forgiveness is through Jesus' death and resurrection, something we could never earn, never work for. His spirit lives within us. And Paul says in Ephesians 1, his spirit seals us until the day of redemption, that is until we enter heaven. Church, don't miss this. If you read 1 John and come away with, man, I, I need to get better. I need to love people better. I, wow, I need to obey God better. I need to believe in Jesus more. If you read 1 John and that's the only thing you come away with, you've missed the heart of this letter. You've missed it. But if you read this letter and you come away with, God is amazing. He loves us so much that he did everything necessary so that he could bring us back into a love relationship with him, chapter 1 of 1 John, so that we could have fellowship with him and hit with his son, Jesus Christ. If you read this letter and you get that out of it, you have grasped the heart of this letter. It's the same with the Gospels. We can read the Gospels sometimes and we think, man, I need to be more like Jesus. Wow, I'm really missing it. And as Pastor Dan talked about last week, Jesus is our example. He is our model. But not first and foremost. He's our Savior. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. And God has done everything needed to bring you, to bring me back to himself. And he did that through Christ. We could never earn it. If we wanted to, we could never earn it. So rest. Rest in God's love for you. You don't need to fear the day of judgment because God has loved you by sending his son and you have believed. You have acknowledged, as John says here, you've acknowledged I need a savior. I can't do it myself. You're giving up. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to be like Jesus. I'm asking God to help me be better. You're giving that up and coming to the starting point of Christianity. I need a savior. And Jesus is that savior. And I'm going to give my life to him. I want to love him and follow him. All the days of my life. And if that's you, if that is you, you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Rest in God's love for you. Rest in His love for you, and as you do, His love will accomplish its purpose in your life. and your fear of that day of judgment, that day of evaluation before God, the end of your life, will be driven out. Well, there's a second way that we need to be perfected in love. John talks about it, and that is to respond to God's love by loving others. Respond to his love by loving others. Verse 19 of chapter 4, John writes here, We love because he, God, has first loved us, and whoever claims to love God and yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. John's pretty straightforward, isn't he? For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So here God com- John comes back around to the command that he has given us in this letter a number of times. He's telling us, keep growing in unselfish and practical love for other people around you, especially for other believers. Keep growing in unselfish, practical love for others. See, this is where we can get hung up. See, John's not saying here, you need to love others well, at least well enough compared to your bad moods and sharp words to earn God's favor. See, love is the price you have to pay to be a child of God. That's not what John is saying. Loving others is really your ticket to heaven. That's not what he's saying. That is not what he's saying in this letter. Don't misread that command to love. He's not saying that. He has just argued the opposite above that, that we can rest in the love that God has for us. When We read a command and we misunderstand it and we put it in the wrong place. I have to love others to earn God's favor. I have to love others in order to go to heaven to be a child of God. When we do that, the, the anxiety, the stress that isn't it enough, it's never enough, just plagues us, even as believers in Jesus. It can plague us. This command to love others is very real. We can't skirt it. We can't minimize that either, but we need to put it in its proper place. We need to put it in its proper place. Rest in God's love for you, and then respond to God's supernatural work in your life by loving others as God has loved you. That's John's logic. That's his logic of love here. He's saying that love for others is evidence of genuine, persevering faith in Christ. That's what he's saying. And consistent, hard-hearted lack of love for others is evidence of dead faith. That is, if you have truly met the Lord, if you have had the supernatural work of God in your life, that is, if you truly become a child of God, the way the Bible talks about it, you will desire to, you will tend to love others the way that God has loving, loved you. Not perfectly, but persistently. God's love experienced leads to, and it tends to lead to, God's love expressed by us. Let me say that again. Pastor Dan has said this a lot in this series. God's love experienced in our lives, we've met Christ. We've had his supernatural work in us leads to us expressing God's love for others. It leads to that. It's evidence of genuine saving faith in our lives. And if we're hard-hearted about it and we could care less, but we go to church and we call ourselves a Christian and even say, I made a profession of faith at one point in Jesus, you need to be afraid of the day of judgment. You do. There's a lack of love that's hard-hearted and persistent in your life is evidence that your faith is dead, that it's not real. But if it is real, loving others as God has loved us, not perfectly, but persistently, does its work in us and gives us confidence for the day of judgment. So rest in God's love for you. And respond to his love for you by loving others. Live like Jesus lived in the world. Love like Jesus loved in the world. And this happens because we've experienced God's love. We continue to experience his love through the strength that the Holy Spirit gives us. And as we do, God's love will be perfected in us. His love will work out its goal in your life. It will accomplish its purpose in your life, and your fear of the day of judgment will be driven out. Well, when the project called Your Life on Earth is finished, God will look over your work. He will evaluate and appraise. He will give you feedback. And if you know Christ, if you have the Holy Spirit, You have every reason not to fear this day, every reason to look forward to this day. And more and more we can look forward to God taking joy with us in what we have done with our lives. Very nice. Good work. I love this. Well done, my child. You good and faithful servant. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the encouragement that you give. All of us at different times of our lives, sometimes when we lose a loved one, sometimes at just another time, we we can think about the end of our own lives. We can think about that day when we stand before you. And Lord, we can be afraid. We can have anxiety about that day. We can wonder how will it go for us. But thank you that you have shown your love to us. You have sent your son to be our savior. He is the perfect savior, the once for all sacrifice for our sins. Everything that was needed to satisfy your holiness and your justice. And Lord, together again this morning, we acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God that he is our savior from the penalty of our sin, from the power of our sin, one day from the presence of sin in our lives. And Lord, perfect your love within us. Help us to respond to your love for us by loving others unselfishly, practically, persistently in our lives. And Lord, through that, Give us more confidence. Grow our expectation, our joy of seeing you at the end of our lives, of being with you, of you taking joy in our lives. That's what we desire. That's what we pray for. And so thank you for this time to look at this passage of Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: I love that scripture, friends. Um, we love because He first loved us, in First John four nineteen. And uh, let's stand. We'll sing about this love. We'll sing about that He is love, and we'll worship together in response before we go.
4: so glad you were gathered here this morning to worship the Lord, to hear his word and let's go from here this week resting in God's love and responding to his love for others growing in our confidence in Christ. May God bless you.